Welcome to Dead Wax 78. I'm your host, Sean, and this is the podcast where we talk about things gramophone, phonograph, old-timey records and songs. Now, today we have another fine article gleaned from the archives of the Canadian Antique Phonograph Society. Now, I may be biased here, but I would say that they are the definitive authority on all things related to historical sound recordings. If you get a chance, you should check them out at capsnews.org. Now, on with the show. Today's show is called Bettini and the Mapleson Recordings by Robert Feinstein. In March 1954, the late Roland Gallat published a, an article in High Fidelity under the title Lieutenant Bettini's Musical Spider. Now, most of it was incorporated into a well-known book, The Fabulous Phonograph, but some important remarks were omitted. Bettini came along with the right idea at the right time. He knew that the phonograph was a worthy medium for great music and he realized world-famous celebrities could be induced to perform before it. Others appropriated the idea of celebrity recordings. Gianni Bettini was soon eclipsed. It is about time that this innovator emerged from the shadows. Now, while Lionel Mapleson, who was the Metropolitan Opera House's librarian for 48 years, did not quite eclipse Bettini, he was his immediate successor in capturing on wax the voices of New York-based opera greats. At the dawn of the 20th century, Lieutenant Bettini was spending most of his time in Paris, where he had established a new business the Société des Microphonographes Bettini. His French catalogues of 1901 and 1904 show that the performers he was able to record in Europe were distinctly less stellar than those who sang in his Fifth Avenue studio in the 1890s. Here's side one, with the first documented recording of Pagliacci, 1890, Bettini recordings of Dante del Papa.
Mapleson was aware of Lieutenant Bettini's earlier recording activities, and he became eager to emulate them. Besides the similarity, the two phonograph pioneers had much less in common. Both were born abroad, the scions of families with dual military and opera connections. Lieutenant Bettini's father was a prominent tenor, Jeremia Bettini, and his maternal uncle was impresario, Max Meridzek. Mapleson's wife was a talented soprano, Helen White, and his uncle was Meridzek's chief impresario rival, Colonel J. H. Mapleson. Lionel Mapleson shared Bettini's inventive streak, and he sometimes designed devices used by the Metropolitan Opera stagehands. Some chroniclers of the Mapleson legacy believe the huge recording horns he employed may have been built from his own blueprints. Moreover, both Bettini and Mapleson were fixtures of the elaborate party circuit associated with the Metropolitan Opera House, and they had many close friends in common. Indeed, they quite possibly were friends with each other. Here's side two. Mapleson Cylinder Recording, Soprano, Fritzi Chef, and Faust, Live, 1903.
It is known that the librarian admired Bettini's phonographic improvements, for he wrote about them after purchasing an Edison Model A machine, along with a hundred blank cylinders, on March 17, 1900. Mapleson's diary entry, four days later, said, Dear old Leo Stern invited me to see his phonograph, his valse sung by his wife, Miss Susanna Adams, was perfect. He kindly presented me with a Bintini recorder and reproducer. Delightful, valuable gift. And on March 22, 1900, Mapleson wrote, For the present, I neither work nor eat nor sleep. I'm a phonograph maniac, always making or buying records. The Bettini apparatus is simply perfect. It is especially significant that cellist composer Leo Stern gave Mapleson the Bettini attachments. Suzanne Adams recorded for the lieutenant on five or more different dates and for Mapleson on a minimum of seven occasions. A picture of the soprano appeared in at least three Bettini catalogs with a listing of her records and mention of Leo Stern as the composer of Vals. It was 1904 when Mapleson abruptly abandoned his recording activities, perhaps because of the pressures put on by the Metropolitan's management by the Victor and Columbia interests. The energetic librarian produced hundreds of cylinders, most of which were made during the actual stage opera productions. The earlier Mapleson cylinders were made from the prompter's box, but after a flurry of complaints about the distractions he was causing, the librarian switched to a location on the catwalk, 40 feet above the stage. Most of the Mapleson sounds are like singers that are so very far away. Here's side three. Francis Seville, Caranome, Bettini Cylinder, 1897.
120 of Mapleson's cylinders are now owned by the Rogers and Hammerstein Archive of Recorded Sound in the New York Public Library, which painstakingly dubbed them to a six-disc, 128-track LP set that went on sale in 1985. The compilation, which is still available for purchase, also includes several of 16 additional Mapleson recordings that David Hall, a former curator of the Rogers and Hammerstein Archive, discovered at the Mapleson Music Library in Lindenhurst, New York. There have been unsubstantiated rumors that another cache of Mapleson's is owned by a private collector. Exactly how many cylinders Mapleson made is a question that will never be answered. Many were shaved down, others were ruined by overplaying, At least a hundred were brought to England, where the damp climate accelerated the destruction by mold. Between 1939 and the mid-1950s, William Seltzum, head of the International Record Collectors Club, who had exchanged letters with Mapleson and Bettini, both invited Seltzum to visit them. And he reissued Mapleson's on at least five different IRCC discs, Henry Harold of Queens, New York, dubbed a group of 21 Mapleson cylinders to his Harold No. 5000 LP in 1959, and Edward J. Smith, also of Queens, issued two separate discs containing Mapleson recordings, one of them, UORC, the Unique Opera Record Corporation, number 323, produced in 1977, included six Bettinis, all of which are now owned by Yale University. More recently, several companies such as House of Opera, True Sound Transfers, and Romophone have transferred Mapleson recordings to commercial CDs. Their Romophone Mapleson compact disc includes one of the most famous Bettini cylinders, Marcella Sembrich singing... Voci de Primavera, originally made in New York City in 1900 and re-recorded and reviewed with some frequency. Sadly, so much background noise exists on so many of the Maplesons that some critics have questioned whether the Rogers and Hammerstein transfer project was worth the effort. David Hall felt it was and wrote, When these recordings are heard on good headphones and comparably excellent stereo playback equipment, it is surprising how much emerges, not only musically, but in terms of the actual you are their ambience. Here's side four, with another Mapleson live recording, and it sounds pretty far away, from the Met in 1903.
But whatever side one takes in the debate about their artistic worth, nobody can deny that Lionel Mapleson cylinders have given us a chance to hear some luminaries from the Metropolitan's golden age who never made commercial records. And the fact that Bettini played an indirect role in their creation can only enhance his importance in the history of recorded sound. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Sean. And you know what? I'll catch you on the flip side.